So what, what are you trying to say, Chris? I'm trying to say you should leave. It's October 1st, 2014. <laughs> you think you're going to claim the it's by just saying it. It's not how it works. He, <laughs> he kicked you out of the podcast. I just took my quick <laughs> moment I had an opportunity. Oh, that's true. It's October 1st, 2014. <laughs> It's October 1st, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 178. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Danielle Riendo. Good. And I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yes, and. Also good. <laughs> I feel like all I want to do is talk about Counter-Strike all day. I know. You've been itching. <laughs> I have. And you've also I really wanted you. to talk about Counter-Strike. I think That's you true. should just do it. We played Counter Strike last night. The so, three of us. Sorry. Oh. oh no. Oh, oh no. You guys had a party. Oh no. It's while you were streaming, while you were streaming Shadows of Mordor. Oh okay. We were playing. We were playing Counter Strike Global, Global Offensive, Offensive. <laughs> and we were playing this because uh, Evan Lottie at PC Gamer put up a video that was just like reminder of why Counter Strike is is cool and real and interesting, and it was just a dissection of like a minute and forty second long round. Yeah. And at quarter speed. At like quarter speed. Yeah, with his... It like, was like Fnatic versus somebody else or something like that. It was a pro match. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. And he broke it down just bit by bit. And then at the end, you s- he did it in like real time. And it's, it's like a minute. Run. <laughs> and it's chaos. It's just... Yeah. It's absolutely insane. But the the he followed one player's perspective for the entire breakdown at 25% speed. And this guy is just operating on a combination of like quick... An, like analytical decisions and just pure instinct. So he'll make the the decisions are about like where to position himself in relation to other players and things like that. But then like the instinct, when to wait, right? But then the instinct, the pure instinct part comes when he just no scopes a guy with a sniper rifle in one attempt through through um, that guy's flashbang smoke, smoke oh screen God. without ever having seen the guy in the first place, based purely on like. Presumably years and years of instinct about the most likely moment the enemy might be at this exact point wow. on the other side of the smokescreen right now. Like, given all the other variables that he has been tracking. Like I did that again later in the game. He, he sniped, like, the second to last guy or third to last guy on the team after that guy jumped up from behind a truck. And then, as we could see in Evan's demo playback, there was an opponent coming around to his left through a corridor that was, like, not visible or or audible. But then before the guy we were following goes and kills someone, he just quickly turns into that door just to see if a guy's there, kills the guy immediately, and then turns yes. around. Like, without knowing yeah. anything. It was like, oh, yeah. He was killing people. It just looks he, was, like- he was killing people the way people get coins in a speed run of a game they've played a million right. times. Right. Or, like, the <laughs> yeah. way people get kills when they're using wall hacks. in, ca- oh, in wow. like. But this was a pro game, so he was not using so wall no hacks. hacks. But it looked like what it looks like if you've ever been on a server or seen video of people who are just blatantly cheating. 
it oh, just yeah. looks yeah. like that. It was it's crazy. Um, so this gave Sean the itch, and well, we were like, oh, these guys seem like they're executing an amazing skill. This game is incredibly deep. You can probably pierce this in forty minutes of play on a, <laughs> on a casual <laughs> server. It was so fun. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> Jake I and I kind it. of fumbled around for a while, and Sean clearly got bitten. I fucking loved it. I just forgot. I forgot. It's been, it's been a long decade. I mean, we yeah, played been, a, we played been, a lot of TF is, back in the day. It's all yeah. It's like, been like 15 years since I played CS. We spent a ton of time playing TF up until about two years ago, three years ago maybe. And then Dota took over. Yeah, that's actually exactly correct. Um, yeah, I remember God, when you switched the whole over. Val, oh, Val, no. Um, <laughs> but it was just so fun. It was so fun to play a game with my friends. One. Two, the rounds are really fast. Everybody knows what Counter-Strike is. I'm sorry, but you know what? Actually, if you're an idle thumbs reader, you maybe not have played a game like this either in quite some time or ever. You've played one ever. Everyone's shot a face. That's true. <laughs> but it's just Maybe not so the specific fun. game. I'm sure there's plenty of people who have played And it's incredible. It's way deeper than because I remember. It's, an, it's a different era. Like, I mean, yeah. it's way deeper than TF2 in that every time... It's single death per round, at least in most modes. And then in between rounds, you have a buy. You have a like a, a loadout where you have to spend money that you've earned to buy the things that you, you're going to use that match. And that just does everything I want, which is strategic and competitive. Like I have to make some decisions about like what resources right, I need to spend you, right now. You've been living in the Dota zone for like two plus years. years now. Mm-hmm. So this is it's got to be. Pressing some of the of the Dota pleasure points in your brain, but in like three minute increments, where it's exactly like exactly right. Buy your shit, customize your loadout, execute a strategy as your team, win or lose, take the dregs of what you've got or your winnings, roll it into your next round, go. Oh, I loved it because like when things started working, I felt like this sort of very organic strategy shift on the team when we started to win rounds. Not that the three of us are any good. Um we stopped going the same fucking way and started going a different way through the map to capture a different point. And when those things started working, it was just doing all the things in my brain that a good round of Dota does, which is, hey, guys, let's stop doing the thing we're doing and try to like organically shift strategies. Oh, so good. It was so fun. We played video games together like boys. <laughs> it like, was like, like boys. boys. That's the, you know what I mean? Like true. we were children. Yes, <laughs> that was the part. Okay, so that was the thing that was really powerful, like the powerful sensation for me. And we were me. on Skype together. That's, that that oh, part was fun. Yeah. Playing with you guys was fun. But the part of it that I was like happy to have left behind was the weird – so I played – um the kind of one period in my life when I played a lot of online multiplayer games, I guess there were two periods. Um, and the first one was from basically 1997 to like 2001, I would say. Um, which is roughly when I was in like high school, or middle, yeah. middle so school like and high school. Yeah. Original Starcraft, original Counter-Strike. Original Quake, yeah. um, original Starcraft, um, original Team Fortress and Team Fortress Classic, um, original Counter-Strike, all that stuff. I played all that stuff. Um, uh, original UT. Um, and, uh, I liked UT a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, hmm. I know, Jake is Jake's a Quake <laughs> 3 man. I, I played a lot of Quake 3. <laughs> Quake 2 well. man. Um, yeah, I played original Quake and Quake 3, actually. And But anyway, 
I remember playing Counter-Strike at the time, and that was the one of those that I didn't get as into as the others. And I and the reasons why I, I like remember now, because I load I we loaded this up last night and Sean, before we were on the same team or anything, when I would when we were on Skype but not actually like playing mm-hmm. together, so to speak, we uh I loaded in and I immediately just start hearing shit in my ears, which is these just like no offense to anyone, but like just incredibly overtly dorky dudes thinking they're the hottest (laughs) shit ever and just kind of broadcasting that and sort of like trash talking in just the most inept dorky 15 year old way do you know what i mean including just like bad accents and just 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 like oh right this is exactly what this was like 15 years ago and continues to be to be the case now Oh man, it's, it's funny because I've been playing Dota for so long. Where I'm like, yeah, like what's your fucking <laughs> You're like, problem? It's normal, right? You just hit the tab and you mute everybody in your team and you enjoy your game. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, just, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that's not true. Right. I'm just saying this was a sensory. Like, it was. It reminds. It yeah, it's a reawakening. It's like, like catching memory. a smell of like a yeah, perfume of exactly, somebody used exactly. To date. It was amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was amazing how powerfully and instantly. It it transported me to another. Well, because there's time a, like an audio fidelity mixed with the exact type of person who yes. feels the need to spout this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It all comes through. It was it was a strange experience, and then that kind of went away as the three of us ended up on the same team, and we made up a higher proportion of the team. And also, and we also just talked on Skype and didn't engage we also in just team talked chat. On Skype anyway. <laughs> but that one guy kept trying to ban you for cowardice, which was really that funny guy was to trying me. to ban everybody. To, to my credit, I only noticed it when you were being banned. <laughs> oh, he tried uh, to ban coward. He tried. I know that was pretty hilarious. Brain there was another the guy. There was another guy. He tried to ban multiple times, and that guy was like, "Dude, quit it! Stop banning me!" And or like, "Stop trying to ban me!" And it was the that again was just exact dynamics, dude. Come on, man. Oh, stop. 1998. Yep, yeah. there it the is. The thing that's nice, though, is it's like there are Valve run servers, which yeah. I had never experienced in a game. Well, either I get all Valve run servers, like in Dota, or TF, which is just lawless. Menace. Yeah, you know, whatever. Um, so it was nice to, like, join a server and, like, not have be, like, onboarded by, like, ads and weird rules and, like, like really entrenched cultural memes for whatever like oh you mean like like versus when you jump on a tf server and it's just like unreal sound pack for no reason like what is this on here (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. it was nice and the performance of the game is amazing there's so many good things about the game the more i played it the more i kept like just yeah you you were covering deep in real fast but there's so many smart things that just are a byproduct of the fact that you can do really advanced things in a shooter now and what you, do you mean now? This game is like the same yeah, as it's been. For, I, I'm curious no, about what you're like, going to say because this stuff I didn't felt just from a fidelity standpoint. From like fidelity of what? Like bullet, tra- like see, hearing bullets around the map and like seeing a bullet travel, like whiz by your head. Seeing in the spectator mode, like their health go down as like that one full color overlay. The spectator palette. mode was the most impressive piece in the entire. Thing yeah, all that stuff just but, makes it feel like. But the main game feels exactly the same. It feels yeah. the same, but I bet if you went back, like. I'm sure there's lots of little details. Oh, there's just so much visual information. There's so much. Yeah. yeah oh, I, being able to punch like punch those holes in doors with like with a gun that can shoot through doors to like punch out these little like metal holes so you can see like oh it's a porthole size now oh now it's like the size of like my torso now it's like I can knock the door over basically oh and just the fidelity of that stuff being so crisp ah oh. 
It's weird so though good. because the thing that I was like when I first jumped into the server, I sent Chris a message that was like, "Jesus Christ, it just looks like Half Life One." And I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." And I, you're like, like you're like, okay, two. it looks like Half Life Two, but that's all that I was thinking about the entire time, and that was actually okay. I feel like you. I feel I'm like not going to get an, an argument screen with you because I'm not Half Life Two. No, I'm not contradicting anything yeah. that you're saying because that's okay. I feel like I land somewhere in between the two of you on this because when I for was, me I'm really just trying to sell you guys and it being great so we can play again because I know you guys won't play again. <laughs> okay, here's the thing: really I will play again. Me out. Don't, don't! You're just gonna hurt me if you make no, that promise, I will man. because <laughs> oh, dad, no. Here's why: because oh. I know neither of you guys will ever play TF2 with me. I will. Yeah, uh huh. Send but, me a text. Uh-huh. That's all you gotta do. I'm always oh. within ten feet of my computer. Always, <laughs> okay. always. But, <laughs> Try it. I enjoyed. I dare you. I enjoyed that forty minutes of Counter Strike more I mean, I, I than like I've only ever probably put ten hours into CS total, and most yeah, of it too. was fifteen years ago. Like most of it was the last time I played before this, there were tanks in it. Oh man, that was the, that was like mid yeah. mid half was of one because yeah, like CS. my younger brother and his friends got super into Counter Strike somehow just from beta one. And they still play on 1.6. Oh, They're shit. those guys. A lot like, of people do. Oh. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that do that, but it's weird that I know them. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but playing playing CS, it has just been a long-ass time since I... And this is this is shitty. Whatever. Out of Thumbs 2014. But it's been a long time since I played and enjoyed a game where I just wandered around and fucking shot people. I know. <laughs> I loved it. Which is... I like, loved it. Nobody tried to tell me I was a hero. Nobody tried to tell me I was special. There was right. no was fucking... One. Yeah. There was no sort of like... Right. There's... there's sidekick bullshit. There was no I mean, bad story. It was just murder. Well, I like I liked Team Fortress <laughs> I because it, it has that stuff, but it effectively is couched as like... An Adult Swim version of Looney Tunes. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Whereas it's just like it's a rated it's still, R Looney Tunes. It still yeah. sucks to me to be in a place where I'm ripping guys apart with a gun. But the weird thing about the aesthetics of it's so weird that you describe Counter Strike Go as modern, and maybe it's just that the level designs are very similar to Dota. The level designs are basically sports arenas where like the the walls have to be perfectly squared off because they have been perfectly squared off for 15 years. Question. The mm. pipes that you jump onto to make a little walkway work like they do in Quake 2 because that's how they worked in Half-Life 1. Like, you can't gus it up. How will, What's your graphics card like? I know it's a dumb question, but I'm playing on the Republic of Gamers. <laughs> I'm playing on the Republic of Gamers, and that thing has is fucking sick. Like, everything is just extreme. Okay, wait a minute. We're ten minutes into Counter-Strike, and you're telling me that I'm not enjoying the game as much as you because my sick gaming hardware is not good enough? This is a Source Engine game that is based on code that is 15 years old. I'm it's, not on Sor- it's not on the new Source? What is awesome? No, Dota 2 is. I know. Okay. No. I don't know, man. I guarantee the geometry and the textures are not... No, but it looks good. I thought the game looked good. It does look good. I mean, it's no fucking Mordor, which we're going to talk about in a second, okay, yeah, but like, it, whatever, okay, here's man. The thing about, here's the thing about all of this. <laughs> it's Mordor. It's okay. so good. No, okay, well, I let myself go here, and then I like caught like, <laughs> like half my face in a like, mirror. And went, how could you graphics party when you got V-Sync turned on? I bet you're seeing a bunch of fucking slicing from no V-Sync. <laughs> Are you? Check your oh, map level. Check your, your trilinear filtering. Um... <laughs> Bet your fob is really low, console new fucking fob. No, okay, so here's the thing that I actually think is potentially going on to a certain degree, and that thing is that none of us have played a Call of Duty or Battlefield game in the last three years. Exactly. No, I played a fucking shitload of Call of Duty, but it's still 
the problem is it's still mired in that you're a fucking hero. Yeah, yeah, I'm not Here's talking fuck- about the thematic content. But you know what I mean? No, it's, it's, but it's, 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 um, it's still mechanical. It's like, kill streak, kill streak. Now you can, now you can pilot right. an AC-130. No, and like, just get more know, powerful, see, more, CS, powerful CSGO more powerful, more powerful. CSGO is super clean. Like, it's But it's not a, pa- but the thing is, the thing about it is that's, but that's so good, is it's not a power fantasy. Right, but we're talking about so many different things at once. Mechanically, though, it's not a power fantasy. I'm not it's just about mechanics. fucking I know. Just punching each other in like, the face. If this game yeah, was made so from good. scratch yeah. right now, it would not be angular the way that it is while also trying to replicate real life. There'd be rubble piles everywhere. There'd be dirt and like grass all over the place. But this is, it's like, it's, it, but fe- I mean, it feels. CSGO is built from scratch to match CS. I'm almost positive. Yes. So like, it's very I mean, similar, sure to, the, very the, similar to Dota in that sense, right? Where yeah, it's like, be true saying. to that's, the thing that. It, I think it that's the exact point. Okay, yeah, that is point. that is what I'm saying. But I mean, it's it's, and I'm sure people. It was be conceived of with no back with no back history. Is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So now okay. the aesthetic of it looks like a specific stylistic thing, whereas originally the aesthetic of it was it looks the closest we can get to so a it was real technical war zone. limitation. Yeah. 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 But I feel like technical limitation still like is, but it becomes mechanical, right? Yes. Like all those yeah, rubble piles definitely, and definitely. stuff, and like that's why you can crawl and and see it in Call of Duty. Like you can do an army crawl because yeah, yeah, there's no. so many, there's I so mean, much. The way people still get around in CSGO is by jumping in the air and then crouching to lower your legs so you can get up onto a higher thing. Yeah. And that's just like, that's in there because that's how you actually jump onto high surfaces in Half-Life 1. Like you right. jump and then pull your legs up under you because of weird I mean, jumping mechanics. We talked about that when we talked about Dota, but just like mm-hmm. whatever those vestigial totally. limbs are. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. There was it's a just... great word for that. Like oh, right. Spore... What's it called? Spork of... You know what I'm talking about, though, right? I do know what you're talking about. God, it's a great crazy. word. Our language yeah. has a good word for it. It's a made-up word, but it's recent, recently <clears throat> made-up word. But yeah, it's um, yeah. for like the vestigial limb of a thing. That, yeah, yeah. It's, but just yeah. it's it's was it was strange jumping into Counter Strike after because there was CS 1.6, there was CS Source, there was some other attempt at uh, a Counter Strike spinoff thing, and then there's CS Go. And, like, that's way more heritage than Dota's ever had. But it was so interesting to go back into it and just, like, it because it, it has the new stuff. But then right. it still has, like, the visual cues of how to get up through that roof are just, like, shitty octagonal holes. Or, like, the conduit that you, that you or, like, the catwalk that you walk on is actually six cylindrical pipes that are all just next to each other that happen to have a flat clip plane, like... Like you're playing fucking Gravity Bone or something. <laughs> really like it. Yeah, I like that it's a like whatever. You're terrorists and counter terrorists, and it's war, and you're shooting each other. But it's not a war fantasy because of these like shitty old mechanics that are still in the game, and because there's no like upgrade path as you're getting po- more powerful and more powerful and more powerful, and like belittling yeah. another person. You're literally just given the same shit. And have to do battle. It's like such. It's so much better. Oh, I love it. Okay, so Danielle, have you ever played Counter Strike? Because you literally sit here this entire time saying I'm not sorry, a single Danielle. word. No, it's totally okay. So we're gonna play Counter. You wanna play Counter Strike? I would love to. Fuck yeah. I would love to give it a shot. It's I, dumb. It's great. It's dumb it's and great. Fucking stupid. Fucking I like guy. dumb great things. <laughs> I said both, and that is how I feel. I love dumb and great things. I'll honestly. never play Counter Strike again. Wait, so hold on. So, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to ask Danielle a question, sorry. here, guys. Jesus, that's okay. <laughs> So I did not play PC games when I was that age, when I was in high school or so. I was playing yeah. like N64 and Dreamcast right. sure, games, yeah, yeah. basically. I was the console baby. Yeah. I mean, I think baby most people dork, were, yeah. you know. So I actually missed out entirely 
on CS. I'm interested, and like I would love to check out Evan's video because that's oh, the sort totally of thing should. I get. Oh yeah, yeah it's really, really. You'd be probably fascinated by it. I suspect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would. I would enjoy that. Do you like mouse and keyboard shooters? I'm fine with it. You know, I will play. I it's haven't played fun. a million shooters in right. in that. Plus, we'll just be on Skype, so it's like whatever. You know. Oh, uh, Counter Strike was be worse than I was. It was ported to the original <laughs> Xbox, so you could play it on your oh, original I Xbox. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh. I didn't have an original Xbox. Oh. There was a period, I feel like, of several years that I guess continued until now of like, uh, because of this game exists, of taking Counter-Strike and trying to repackage it in any way that would somehow free it from the weird, like, self-imposed prison of only being parsable by oh. this, like, group of kind of intensely hardcore weird teenagers, <laughs> which is what I feel like what, you know, that Wasn't game that was what like Condition the ultimate- Zero was? Wasn't there Counter-Strike Condition yeah, Zero? Yeah, Counter-Strike Condition Zero was a thing, yeah. yeah. Huh. I'm really excited to play Counter-Strike with you, Daniel. I'm excited, too. You're going to have to excuse me for probably not being very good at it. But we went multiple rounds we yesterday with no kills. Okay. But, like, the thing that's... <laughs> what was great about it, and, let me, and this is a very, like, niche user, user case, having not played a game like this in a long time, jumping into a server and just dying, because you die in, like, you can die in like 10 seconds, you know, and then you have to wait for the next round and the rounds yeah. go about a minute. So you're like, oh, next time I'm not going to do that. And then you do something a little bit more and you're like, oh, I found a new area and I died. Okay, I'm not going to go there this time, but I'm going to go the other way this time. And then you start to just like, like, get it, trial, yeah. trial and error your way to like a kill. And you're like, oh, it's so good. It's so fun. You know, and you can find, you can have little victories and not really care if your team is winning or losing at our skill level, which is zero, yeah. you know, which is, yeah, totally. which is baby. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I definitely the you know, and I guess the last round we played, I got a few kills, and it definitely felt way more. Bad. Yeah, it felt way more um, like substantial than it would in a game where you just constantly respawn, and you know everything is yeah like set up to make you powerful. Yeah, so, yeah, cool. that sounds pretty cool. Also, we, I, str- I realized as we were starting up the game, I I think I knew this at one point, and I forgot this game was co-developed by Hidden Path Entertainment. Which is also the studio that makes the Defense Grid games, which is Whoa. the other yeah, game yeah. I played this week. Yeah. So I weirdly just had this was my uh, Hidden Path Entertainment week. That's pretty cool. Which is strange because they're not a studio that releases enough games that you can like. I think they've made three games basically, yeah. and it's two Defense Grids and a Counter Strike Go. Yeah, so it, I was playing that. It was weird going back to a game that I played enough of to remember things about it, but not to have developed any real muscle memory or acumen at. So it right. felt. Like <laughs> it felt like uncovering a lost game from that era, but it was also a new game, but it was also a game that I had familiarity with, but it was also a game that I had no experience with. It was mm-hmm. a very strange, just yep. multiple things to me, it funneling felt, into my brain. Yeah. To me, it felt like what it feels like the first time you attempt to play a sport that you know the rules of, because everyone knows the rules of it, and then you suddenly realize, I don't know anything. Right, we're like, oh, right, you buy guns at the beginning. <laughs> right, because I, I, I know all the things about Counter-Strike, like I... I mean, when I say all the things, I mean, like, in the way that I know the rules of football, right? Right, yeah. But the, I don't ever have to go onto a field and play football against people who actually know what they're doing for real. <laughs> it's good this it's, was the equivalent of you having known about football your whole life, then, like, seeing a replay of, like, one sick play in a football <laughs> game being like, you know what? This actually does look interesting. I think I'm going to give football a try after I- <laughs> I saw that one play. That was very intriguing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> My spine is crushed. <laughs> oh, no. Whoops. You know, speaking of that, 
I recently think of spines being crushed. Sort of. I know. I hope not. Sort of. I hope this is definitely speaking of spines being crushed. Well, I I don't know why, but yesterday I I sort of re-uncovered. Is it Uwe Boll? Uwe Boll. Uwe 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 Boll. Uwe Boll. Classic German film director. Yes. Of what? What did he direct? Postal. Blood Rain. Postal. Blood Rain. He was he was the guy who made Alone in the Dark. Yeah, he made a lot of terrible terrible game movies. Um, this was when our industry controversies were things like Uwe Boll is adapting a movie. Oh, God, I miss Remember, those days. That was like Jack Thompson era as that well. Is like, oh, that yeah. is definitely a sort of – that is a, a bygone era of video game industry controversies. That is the quaintest era. That The, the thing everyone would They're sort of like – They're making a bad movie. They're not <laughs> representing our art. I miss that so much. Well, I mean – It was such an easier time to, it, to be outraged about It really was. Things. It really was. I was watching for some reason – the videos of him boxing the sort of internet, oh, yeah. internet critics, and and just beating the crap. Remember out of when them? we used to resolve our industry debates with boxing, with boxing? matches? <laughs> Fuck! Why isn't that happening now? You would just floor the shit out of everyone. <laughs> oh, Fuck! Where's I our wish. boxing resolution to all this? Anyway, sorry, sorry, I keep <laughs> interrupting you. I just got really excited. <laughs> no, totally cool. By the fact that you could just punch Uwe Ball out. Anyway. It's- Oh my god! Back in the day, you know, when things were simpler, I was just—I was watching them for some reason yesterday because I was upset about internet things that I won't go into. But I was watching this, and I was just like, "Wow, this was this was a thing that people did. Like, people thought this well, was a good one idea." Guy did. Well, yeah, it was like there were four or five bloggers or, or something. I that feel like of, if somebody they got into the ring with him, and he's a real fighter. And they, they, none of them had had any training, so they're just sort of like dancing around and getting punched. Uh, yeah. Wait, so here's the thing. Do you think, based on those videos, do you think you could take Uwe Boll? I mean, God, he has 100 pounds on me, and probably his <laughs> left hook could probably knock me out. Like, I could probably... But you're smarter than 18 him. 18-ounce gloves. Yeah, right. I, I <laughs> he, could, has to, he has to wear 18-ounce gloves. So you can yeah, wear 12-ounce gloves. and so I could wear, like, little baby gloves. Yeah. You know, I, I could probably hit him a couple of times. I could probably get a few good shots on him, but he would probably land something nasty on right, me. Right, right, right. So I, I would I would say I would hold my own for a round or two, but sure. that's that's a lot of punching. Because I think that you definitely have him in stamina. Probably. Don't you get to just run him out? Eventually, I I might be able to, but the thing you'd is, have to I really, get, you'd have to really like make sure that it was like a twelve round. Yeah, I, I it would round. need to be a long fight. Yeah, and you know, now I'm seriously thinking about this. He's also he's also what fifty maybe. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I have a little bit of an advantage. My there. brain's now running the, like the cartoon version of this though, where he like. <laughs> Knocks you down and then just forces you to watch the Blood Rain movie, and that's what like wears you down. <laughs> that's, that's what, what reduces the stamina. Or oh it's my god, oh, super punch out version. Yeah, it's his special. special. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that makes a yeah. lot of sense, actually. Right? Yeah. yeah, he just he just presses a button, and then every TV Everything screen in the, in the stadium, arena, just all of his fucking movies. <laughs> every yeah. single person in the arena is dressed as a Blood Rain extra. Too, yes. and they just get up and do. <laughs> They're just dressed things. as Blood Rain. That's probably a character. They're all from just that. Blood Rain. Yeah. 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 That's the lady vampire from what I watched that movie. I did not. I'll be honest. You've with you. put ben money Kingsley. in the pocket. Yeah, that's the one that Ben Kingsley, ben Kingsley is Sir ben Kingsley. in that movie, <laughs> which is amazing. I don't really know, even know what Blood Rain is. I remember that was a thing, a game. It was. A, it was a vampire. Game. Was that? Yeah, she was like an action vampire star. It, it was. Actually, not was the worst game. Okay. You know, I she I had some movie. fun with with Who you know the Blood first Rain? game. Uh, was it Idos? Was it one of I those? Think Majesco I think it published it. Uh, or no, okay. Idos. I think it was Majesco. 
But I don't remember who made it. I don't remember who actually. Oh developed yeah, it. yeah. I you know I don't remember. Oh, whatever. I remember playing it and having fun with it. You know, well, in the enough. early two thousands, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a deep, amazing experience. That I, I always assume hold, it was not. Hold close to my heart, but Majesco published it for sure. Okay, yep. that makes sense. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I you know, I was watching this yesterday, and I was just like, that was a. That was a thing that happened. Oh, Terminal Reality. Of course, Terminal Reality. That makes sense. <laughs> Classic, like, late 90s, early 2000s yeah. kind of just weird, like, variety, variety developer. Yeah. You know? that, yeah. Yeah. It's a very specific kind of category. Did they get started by making Terminal Velocity, or was that a different company? Yeah, I think they actually did. Okay. Sorry. Let, oh, no. That makes sense. Terminal. Yeah. I know. Isn't that weird? Oh, no. I guess they worked on. Yeah, Terminal. That was their first game, Terminal Velocity. Yes. Okay. I remember that. And then there was that other studio, Edge of Reality. Oh, yeah. That was called Edge of Reality because they started working out of a corner of the Terminal Reality office. Oh, they were located on the Edge of Reality. That's beautiful. That was a true fact. Their their name is a dad joke. Like they're, it is. The name of their company. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Anyway, the, the image of, of, you know, playing football and being like, I can play football. Just reminded me of these. I can beat the these, shit out of Uwe Boll. Yeah, these, <laughs> these guys who like. Yeah. <laughs> Just decided this was a great idea. No. Anyway, that was not a great idea. Um, I played a game that is a throwback to the 90s of the Counter-Strike era. Oh, really? What is yeah, it? Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. It was called Road Redemption. It's an early access game that is basically like a modern version of a road rash. You're just a cool. motorcycle dude, and you are killing other people on motorcycles <laughs> And racing around. This is a throwback week for sure. It really is. I mean, I had a lot of fun with this. It's still early access, so not everything's in place yet. But there's really good sort of mission variety already. There are races. There are missions where you have to, you know, take out six guys. There are missions where it's like, take out six guys, but only using kicks instead of your weapons so and things like that. So is it arcade and how it's structured? Like very, okay. very arcade yes. Hmm. Uh, and I believe, I, I'm not positive, but I'm, I'm close to positive that all the tracks are sort of procedural as well. Oh, so crazy. It's, it's always something new, something fun. Yeah, it's there's it's not that act- much to say about it, but it's really fun. What is it called? Road, Road Redemption. Redemption. Road Redemption. It's Dark Seas Games, I believe. Is it aesthetically like pixel arty old arcade, or is it new No, it's, look? it's fairly... It's still arcade looking. I, I'm trying to like think of a good way of saying this. It is as if the fidelity from like a PS1 era, like it's it's today's current technology looking good, but it's sort of a slightly cartoony, slightly exaggerated okay. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're in the desert, and it, oh, it actually calls itself the Road Rash spiritual successor. Yeah, yeah, and mm. it's and it's a good. Is it made by people who worked on that, or are they just laying claim to that turf? That's a good question. I don't know. Okay. the answer That's to that fine. question. Um, oh yeah, it just looks like a 3D arcade game. Looking exactly. at it, here. it just looks like a video game. Exactly, it's a lot of fun in in a you know it's not the deepest game, but you do you do sort of the 2014 you know idea of sort of leveling up your bike and you know right. make, getting a faster bike and buying better weapons and so on and so forth. You get XP for every you know everything oh, I love you do. XP. Basically. This was a Kickstarter game. Was it really okay? Yeah. I didn't know that much about the history of it, but I, I did play a couple hours of it and enjoyed it mm-hmm. quite a bit. In fact, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Geisler, co-creator of Road Rash 1, 2, and 3, says, I want to play that. Get funded and kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's, that's the involvement. That's perfect. <laughs> it just feels like playing a 90s game, but pretty and works well and right. so on and so forth. Oh, this is... Okay, sorry. I don't want to get into it too much, but I just went to their... Um, <laughs> I went to their the dev blog. Yeah. 
And it's really exciting to me. Okay, sorry. My brain is just in the Counter-Strike space now. So going to a dev blog and then just seeing a render of a T-posed, like, flak-jacketed police yep. officer with a riot shield that just looks like a character from CS or any, like, <laughs> game mod makes me makes me fucking happy. Oh, he's back. So much information it's about good. how, like, road physics work when your tire's been on your bike. Sorry. I have... Physics are great in this game, too. They are really, they are really, really wonderful. Good uh, bike yeah. feel. Good bike feel. And then, of course, <laughs> there's, like, a little bit of ragdoll if you really eat it, but it's not overly like that's not the point of the game it's not like a saints row the point is not actually to get road rash yeah exactly it's 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 to knock out the other dudes and win the race and you know whatever else your little mission is telling you to do it's really to get road redemption yeah it's to redeem your road (laughs) hmm something yeah yeah Hmm. it's fun it's a spiritual successor of Road Rash and the Shawshank Redemption uh, yes (laughs) (laughs) they have a that's uh, really what's going on (laughs) They have a blog post called We're Not Ride to Hell, which I thought was oh a my typo God. until I read it. There's a different game. So this game is called Road Redemption. There's a different game called Ride to Hell Retribution. Oh, yes. That it says, recently a game called Ride to Hell Retribution was released. And while it shares some similarities in theme and concept of Road Redemption, that's where the similarities end. Ride to Hell has been held by many publications as one of the worst games ever made. And a shoe in for worst game of 2013. It scored a one out of ten in Eurogamer.net, the site I usually trust to give the most accurate review scores. Kara Ellison. So these guys had to launch yeah. a PR campaign to indicate that they are not themselves. a different oh. game, a different unrelated. Yeah, game. I appreciate that they had to Kara do that. Kara Ellison wrote yeah. an amazing, amazing oh, really? review of of Ride to Hell Retribution, yeah. oh, which she she said she cried so often playing this game because it was so bad. Like it was actually it like brought her to tears. That's how horrible <laughs> this game was. God, this guy then has a whole like hypothetical postmortem about what <laughs> what he suspects went wrong in development of this other game. Oh so, no, like, is it empathetic? Yeah, it seems so. He seems to think they just got way in way over their head. They did a good job. He seems that's to, a long walk to take in your own blog. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, I know. That's what's strange about it. So he, like he has all these paragraphs about like analyzing the stuff that's in the game to try and figure out what the original intentions were. And then he sort There's of. There's something that's kind of sweet about that, though. I know, yeah. He goes, How did it all fall apart? Having worked on similar projects, I have a strong sense that the Ride to Hell production team scheduled different people to work on each of these components all at the same time, rather than focusing on one component to his polish and moving on to the next. This is not how you should schedule production of a game. And, like, he just goes into all of this, like, just like, anyway, I've been making games for a long time, and here's what probably went wrong. Let me take you, take you aside and teach you a couple things about how this business works. Um, you can walk a line, I think, and get away with that. No, I think he gets. I think he gets away with it. He's because he's clearly like sympathetic to their their woes. At the same time, making sure that his game is as far as possible yeah. from that. <laughs> yes. It's just a savvy businessman. He has to do that. Yeah, it was a good move because that. Oh man, then he then he so. his then he's got a section called the Road Redemption Difference. Our strategy is simple: yes. we find the fun and expand out from there. And then he goes into that. Oh, that's has, what we should have done. Then he has a segment called Don't Blame Ride to Hell's Developers, um, which is nice of him, obviously. And then he talks about how these people are probably all very nice people. <laughs> he this, end, he ended so with the <laughs> Don't Hate the Player, Hate the Game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, this seems like a very well-intentioned post. It's fascinating that it is so, that he goes, like, he just goes. Is, the, is, this, developer, detail there. is this developer American? Darkseas um, Games. I don't know. The, Let me check. The, his name's Ian Fish, so he's probably American. We see or through British. that disguise, Ian Fish. <laughs> 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 Was that 
a weird Phil thing. Yeah, yeah we know where that guy yep. went. Yep. <laughs> He's offering helpful yes, advice from behind the Maybe scenes. Maybe it's just like Phil Fish is really like well-meaning, it's totally, totally yeah. calm brother. <laughs> very, just gives good just analytical, sober. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you could have, what you'll do better next time. It's like, <laughs> like a nice mom. Yeah. Yeah. Nice mom. Moms are always like, you'll do better next time. You're like, I'm in jail, mom. So, so <laughs> thanks. I've killed. I'll do better. I've 45 10 people. 15. Counter strike now. Yeah. <laughs> I've tasted human blood. Well, yeah, we you all know, make mistakes. You know, maybe you find Jesus in the. I don't know. It's good. You guys want to take a break? Sure. What? I don't know. That was a long, that was a good chunk of podcast. Yeah, no. We. we... We were done and Chris said sure. <coughs> we should take a break so we can put an ad in here. Well, we would um, like to thank our good friends at Hover. <gasps> you can go to Hover.com yes. right this very second and use the promo code Chris. How do you spell your name, Chris? C-H-R-I-S. Really? For 10% off your domain name registrations because Hover is an excellent domain name registrar. That is what they do. We register all of our domain names through Hover and have... For years, uh, they're super easy to use. We requested some gems from our readers in terms of good URLs. They have recently registered, and uh, Jake's dreams are reality. Was that, that was you, right? It was there, my. There are who gems. else would dream of this, Chris? That's, yes. My my dream is real. So now, uh, an Idle Thumbs reader has registered a very J Allard Christmas. Yes. If you want to get to our website? Yes. That's the best way. Yep. A very J Allard Christmas. Uh, my other dream was realized though as well, and. What was it again, man? I think it was good-times.biz. Good-times.biz. Yeah, I used to own class-act.biz, so oh. I'm I feel like a kindred spirit to the guy who got good times. Yeah. Uh, .biz. So, uh they have recently discounted most of their TLDs including the new wacky ones like .christmas um as well as the, <laughs> the no normal .com ones. .com.org. <laughs> so, uh go to hover.com, use the promo code Chris for 10% off your first order. Video game. I was going to start talking about adjective animals, but I won't. But I want to. Giant squid. That's real. Mm. Big rooster. That's probably real. It is Flying real. squirrel. That's <laughs> also real. <laughs> Red-bellied warbler. That'd be a fine name for, for a video game <laughs> studio. <laughs> that would be definitely a like mission-based. Yep. Yes. Steve actually considered that one. And we'd also like to thank the fine folks at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and incredibly easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. And you can, for a free trial and 10% off, you can go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout. Uh, they have simple and easy web development. They have like beautiful designs. Um, and you can get started with no credit card. You can get you started can with start no credit make a card. Thing. Nice. Also, if uh, plans start at eight bucks a month, and you can get a free domain from them, I guess, if you sign up for a year, which is nice. Where Reader Paul sent in his Squarespace site registered with the thumbs code. It is sunlessdesign.com. He's an illustrator and graphic designer, and uh, he's been using Squarespace for his portfolio. Perfect. Thanks, Portfolio Squarespace. Portfolios look very nice on Squarespace. They do. They do. Excellent. Thanks, Squarespace. You're welcome. I didn't realize you were going to say thanks. You never say thank you to me anymore. Video games. So we're back. So we're back. Hello. Danielle, you and Patricia, I guess, streamed Shadows of Mordor, which I am we did. really excited to play. I guess you didn't 
personally play enough of it to like yeah discuss we can tease it though we should tease it i yeah. mean it's uh you know it's this beautiful lord of the rings game which i had never heard of prior to four days ago it's and then suddenly everyone was like flipping their shit yeah like if someone said there's a new triple a lord of the rings licensed game coming out it's hard for me to imagine a circumstance in which i would be more right it was just less excited right. yes <laughs> it was the sort of two little extra things like it's from Monolith, and it's a like, good oh, Monolith game. Where you're oh. like, oh shit! Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big it's fan cool of Monolith. That, like, yeah, that, um, or they've had their they've had their low moments, but but right, they but it's also made to hear when they make when exactly. they make they also made really Monolith well Forever, and Monolith Forever Two, the original Fear, um, Condemned. Like they've made a lot of really interesting stuff. Yeah, it's so exciting cool. when a developer that's been around for a long time and clearly has twenty years. They're founded in 1994. Like they have like awesome. They have 90s to 2014 burn rates, you know, things like this. Making big, expensive games, and then they they ship a license hit. Kind of similar to what Obsidian did with uh, South Park, you know? I always think that's really cool. Like, because it feels like a, it's like an against-all-odds situation. But I guess that's why maybe these games end up having a chance, because they have to be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's like, um, you know what is, a, is an example of that is Toys for Bob. Which made Star Control back in like right. in 1991 or whatever, and then now they, they make Starlanders the Spyro games. Yeah, yeah. Hit it big Skylanders. with Skylanders, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Well, they Spyro, did. They did yeah. Spyro too, right? I think they did. They did some of the. Did they not? Well, that, oh, game, they was, thing, yeah. that game was a Spyro spinoff. Okay, I know Skylanders was a Spyro spinoff. I didn't know. I Toys for Bob didn't actually do the no, early Spyro. Who, was, stuff? who did okay. Spyro? I can't. Remember. Was it Crystal Dynamics? Oh, the first ones were Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah, no, it feels similar to that where you're just like, oh, you've just sort of been doing stuff. Oh. oh, but I was surprised to see that this game cool has like things. action combat. Like I didn't realize. I, I thought didn't this realize was. That I thought this was. I just. So what's the deal, Danielle? I thought right, this I'll was obsidian, but I guess it's not. Yeah, I want to tell you the, all about the deal. deal. So this is you know third person action combatty kind of game. It's it's almost a little bit like Batman Arkham Asylum. Like I've heard that, that series. Made, yeah, yeah, for sure. And the cape tech is a. Uh, um, kind of in the same okay um, among the same like you know when we're talking about this game there's all these beautiful majestic things are happening and it's like the cape looks really cool it's one of the first things i noticed about it um there's stealth elements we've only played the first i uh, section of the game really right. pretty so early next week on is the real so, jam yeah you know we're gonna probably be streaming again uh soon more of it um, but yeah, there's stealth elements. There More is a weird it. thing sort of at the beginning where it's teaching you the stealth mechanics and you have to stealthily sneak up on your wife and kiss her. That is a thing you do in this game. <laughs> I could imagine that being sweet. They were really into the, they, the, they play the beginning of Dishonored. They play the part where you're playing yeah. hide and seek with a little kid and they're like, uh, what? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, we could do better. What, yeah. And then kiss your wife. Can we? That totally and then Ron Howard yeah. was like, they couldn't, so they put the kiss your wife. Well, you know the <laughs> funny thing about that for me is that there's a version of that in reality that is like completely sweet and harmless, right? Like your your like girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever's in the kitchen and you just kind of Right, like, but it's not like, sweet peck. Right. when when someone comes con- back from Iraq and does the exact exactly. maneuvers they like, use when they're about to slit someone's exactly. throat and then they grab yes. you and kiss you. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. in the context of a video game where you're in It's mechanically the where same you're in, sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're exactly. going when you're in a video game and you're going you. into stealth mode. Yep. The institutional assumption from like 30 years of video games take down to slit their throat. Yeah. Yep. Basically. It's, it's part it's of me that weird. can hear it being pitched in the room. Oh yeah, you know how that. And I know I'd be like, "That's interesting." <laughs> it's, I know it's that idea. I wouldn't 
<laughs> yell it down yeah, because yeah. at least for the love of Christ, somebody said something unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just go in so many of those design meetings, you're just like, oh my god, just more bullshit, more bullshit. Well, what if you snuck up in your wave and gave her a kiss? <laughs> Oh, what oh, that's, if? Adorable, that's adorable. And yeah, then, like, you, yeah. your brain doesn't do like the. What if that's our stealth kill tutorial? <laughs> exactly. That's, I, I feel like the context is the is the issue. I know, here. I know, yeah. I know. It's just so hard for me to be like. Oh yeah, no, it's you not can't. hard for me. It's fucking bullshit. But I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I know, and it plays out in a way that doesn't. When you actually you kiss her, her, when you actually kiss her, it's like it's actually a very cute cutscene. Right, like, you I know, believe it. He gives her flowers. And I assume kinda, he doesn't you know, actually murder her. No, he doesn't. Twist. I mean, things don't go well for this woman, you know. But not because it's of not that. because of him. The kiss is not yeah. all portends. The kiss the, is yeah. not the kiss of death, you right. know, literally or anything. Only in a literary <laughs> sense. Yeah, in a literary yeah. sense, it was. The yes, moment, yeah. yes, exactly. It's it's fun so far. You know, it was mostly Patricia playing it. You know, but I yeah. was you know, so over I've the heard the cool thing about this game is that the is that enemies actually bear grievances against you based on like disfiguring wounds you've caused them, and like remember this and come back to give you shit about it later. Which I was I was talking to Ollie, and he said he stabbed the guy in the face enough times that he eventually only would talk to him with a bag over his head <laughs> or something. And it was like, what is what? What is this game? Yeah, yeah. I think that stuff really is also cool. at the mic. It sounds like that stuff is also at the macro level in that like whole factions of people, both good orcs and bad, and, yeah, and yeah. orcs. All the all the apparently the faction system is very, very, very. Hopefully, they can uh, form advanced. new factions intelligently on the fly. So you have like the bag brigade. It's just like oh, uh, this is <laughs> oh, only you were for the face salty face warriors. <laughs> the bag are, men <laughs> have to wear bags because they have fucked up faces. Did you encounter any of the sort of? I guess there's also a nemesis single like enemy guy in this game i i only hear little like i think the nemesis thing is like some pieces okay we should just stop we just okay we're done we'll come back (laughs) but no so anyway sorry we interrupted you talking about your actual experience oh yeah that's okay i mean honestly it it right now all i have is sort of a jumble of of what it shows you in the first 20 minutes of the game which is the stealth stuff the combat which which you know Patricia was saying, it feels really good. It feels tight. You know, it's good. You're doing a lot of rolling around. There's a lot of evading to the combat, which is, you Mm -hmm. know. It's a game-ass game. It's It's just a game-ass video game. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan either. I was really skeptical on this game until, uh, you know, my colleagues played it and loved it and you know i think we gave it like a 9.5 basically like saying Mm -hmm. this there's so many interesting mechanics in this game like just give it a shot that's why i'm excited it is so rare for me at this point to hear about a new big triple a game that's full of just like killing endless enemies and actually think oh that sounds interesting like that sounds actually interesting like it has ideas in it um and the thing that i heard from a lot of people who had who had played it um you know, as the release was coming up, was that it actually tries to point a path forward for modern large-scale action games that is not just a retread of the same same AAA action game formula that was established, you know, 15 years ago, essentially, like... With uh, Blood Rain. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, I I completely Which is cool. I totally admire that. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's not like... Did you see that like Storify that Nels put together mm-hmm. from Dan Hines? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you want to read that? <laughs> yeah, go for it. So Please the thing it. that seems interesting about this game is that there's enough systems that where the bugs are interesting, which is what I actually liked about Skyrim, even though I didn't oh, totally. play, I encounter yeah, that many bugs in that yes. game. 
says, Cheese I forgot meals. to tell you my story about Pug the Unclean, an orc captain. Also, it's not clear to me that this is even a bug based on other things people have said. He interprets it as a bug. Right. I'm not sure. Unclear. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't this matter. is a quality game experience. Yeah. This is an Idle Thumbs-esque <laughs> yes. this is game yes. experience. This goes into the Hallowed Halls. When a captain kills you, a PSN friend can avenge your death by killing the same captain in their game. Pug the Unclean killed me. So my friend avenged me and I got XP. Then I killed Pug the Unclean in my game by burning him in a pit of fire. <laughs> However, an hour later, Pug the Unclean appeared again in the world and said, You'll pay for burning my face. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a bug. So I killed him again, this time with an arrow headshot. An hour later, he appeared again with one eye. You'll pay for that arrow. <laughs> I found him and this time decapitated him in an execution kill. An hour later, there he is again, but with a bag over his fucked up face. <laughs> I'm continually fighting this one orc captain who, through some bug, is remembering every death, retaining every mortal wound. Fuck Sauron, we gotta deal with Pug the Unclean. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, I'll play this game. Why not? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, Definitely. Sign me up. Is, was that <laughs> the never... bag guy that you were, that you were I, talking I'm about? I'm sure maybe? that after a certain point, they just wear a bag over their face. <laughs> Pug the unclean. I just... Pug the unclean. Oh, there's a designer who just like threw those words into their random name generator and is so pleased with himself and right yes. now. Yeah. Yes. I'll never forgive you for burning my face. <laughs> I wouldn't. No. If somebody burns my face, that's it's going to be a long road back to me going, I understand. Yeah, forgiveness is, it's very, it's an iffy at best. It'll be a long road to redemption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Oof. We already took our break. <laughs> Can't go out on that. Sorry. But, yeah, I really want to play this. Apparently, to- this is not a thing we can actually talk about because nobody's played the game, but that new, apparently the new ho- Justin says the new Holmes game is good. Oh, yeah. He said oh, it's like he the best it. Sherlock Holmes game ever. Yeah, which it. means I can finally talk about Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective <laughs> here on this fucking podcast yes. after two months. Do you want to yes. talk about it now? Was that a Sagan of Sherlock no Holmes? No better time than the present, my no friend. No better time. <laughs> oh, my God. You've been teasing this I out. That was on the list. It. That was on the list of that one episode that we had 30 things that we yeah. wanted to talk about. So there's a new Sherlock Holmes game called Crime and Punishment that uh, Justin Apollygon says is really good. And it looks great. It looks like it has a lot of sort of nouveau homes elements like from the TV show, even though it's set in like the 19th century homes where you can like zoom around somebody in homes mode and figure out all the little deets that you need to know to solve the case. But the thing that's cool about this board game I'm going to talk about is it's the opposite of that. I want to, I want to point out a dumb facet of my brain, which was that you just said homes several times in a row. And the first time you said it, when you said like, 1800s homes i heard it as like residences of the 1800s and then when you said zoom around a guy in homes mode i was thinking a contraction of like homeboy or homie and i was like what is that supposed to be (laughs) in the same sentence you used homes twice and i interpreted it in two entirely different incorrect ways it's like a turn of the century 20 seconds before that i had said the word sherlock holmes (laughs) which is even more (laughs) Telling well, of your mental <laughs> grasp of the yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. So there is this board game called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective that I guess was a Turbo Graphics game. Wait, this was a video game? Oh, yeah, excellent. it was an FMV Turbo Graphics game as well at one point. Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Okay. But the thing that's cool is you get the by the game, uh, 
Our friend Ollie. Oh, that got reminds it me. me. Sorry. Ollie, the yeah. game we talked about a moment ago is called Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's correct. Yeah, we didn't talk we about it. We have to remember to recap. Re- she said the name. No, no, at the yeah. end of the discussion. No, it's a good. It's a good. Oh, okay. thing. We're trying to yeah. get ourselves in the habit of actually recapping the name of the game that we discuss, so people aren't like, "What is it?" You, I forgot. We're and trying to, to like, be a better podcast. Yeah. Yes. So we're doing that by interrupting you right after you got yeah, halfway through the name of I'm this sorry, board game, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Originally a Turbo Graphics game. I think it might have been a board game, then a Turbo Graphics game, and now re-release of a board mm. game. But correct me if I'm wrong. I readers. really want to play this. I know you will. It's so fucking good, but it's probably not for everyone. Uh, but I think it is for you, Chris. Oh, uh, it was a Sega CD game, <gasps> and it was on Turbo Graphics CD. Told you. Yep. <laughs> you did uh, tell her. Good. I, so, what do you do in the Sherlock Holmes game? You get the bo- so when you buy it, you get the box. You open it up. There's just ten stapled cases in there that are uh, have a, like a two page sort of story that set up the case and then a whole bunch of like choices behind them. There's uh, a map of London. So you kind of know how far everything is around from each other. There's a phone book that has 5,000 names and addresses in it. Um, maybe 3000 couple. It's a lot. It's a, enough to where you go. Oh, I couldn't just find the guy. Right. You know, um, Good. and there's newspapers for every day that a case takes place. Uh, inside, and that's it. Okay, so we like so Ollie and I. So it's just an actual you are Sherlock Holmes case simulator, basically. Exactly right. So Jake and Ollie and I like peeled the first one off. The, I didn't play off the. No, no, no. Sorry, Adam and Ollie and I like peeled the first one out of the box, and you sit around and tell the story, and then you go, okay, where do we do now? <laughs> and you go to places and interview people and get information. And try to solve the case, but it's completely you only the, like interviewing people. There's like you don't really make choices. You just choose where to go and write down as many facts as you can. And the goal is is to solve the case. But the information about the locations are inside of this case book. Yeah, but if I told you a big story right now about like a guy who like was a like a sardine magnate, that's not a story. I'm just thinking of it off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. who was murdered in like you know the alley right, so office. Like, then you're like, do oh, I go the canning to canning facility or the fir- yeah? You'd yeah. go like, oh, okay, yeah. is there a canning facility? And like you know somebody like somebody gets the phone book and is like looking for the cannery and goes, okay, yeah, it's on this road. We can go there. And then meanwhile, somebody else is probably like going through the paper and being like, wait, what is the, the, the canning magnate? What was his sister again who came right. and visited us? It's like Ellie. Ellie Canning? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you'd be like, she was, huh, she like won a like writing competition two days ago in North England. Hmm. Like, and you're like, well, so like now you start getting all these like little pieces and the newspapers yeah. are like robust. It's a, it's like a news four pages of just news of the day awesome. and there might be one sentence in there that or like that where it's like oh wait she was at a thing two days ago should we go to that place so you sort of when you start when you get through a yeah, story awesome. and you look at some of the materials you kind of have like three to five places you want to go and so you need a notebook you start writing this stuff down you write down all the pertinent people and you go okay the goal is this is the thing that's kind of shitty about the game <laughs> but i love when it comes to like not making you feel like a badass you are not Holmes. You are the consulting detectives. Oh. You are like basically like this is what Sherlock Holmes apostrophe consulting. Yeah, you detectives. are the like little Holmes urban achievers. Oh. <laughs> That's all I can describe it is. So you have Watson, kind of. So but you're Holmes, sub Watson still. Watson like rounds up these scamps. Oh. Is the narr- is Wait, the backstory is the backstory yeah. of the game. Right. 
and they, that's also like, actually not entirely off base for Sherlock Holmes. Like no, Sherlock I think Holmes that, that, as a character has just like hangers on weird heels that he has yeah. to do his dirty work for right. him. Like do weird little. No, and it's stuff. based in like the Conan Doyle backstories of like he him having these like ruffians out in london he could always get information from yeah, so like yeah. the people in the room are basically those who've been gathered here to like just so happen to hear the story and then holmes has it holmes is like all right see ya and leaves the room and like maybe goes to one of these places and holmes can solve holmes goes and solves the case on his own as holmes does and your goal as the little scamps <laughs> is to solve it in fewer moves than him Ooh. by going to fewer places and you kind of like get free moves depending on certain choices you make you don't know that until you score it at the end so you write down everywhere you go everybody you talk to and then at any point at any point you can say i think we can we got it like go get you know go Round get the homes yeah, yeah go get homes go get the person who hired us and we're gonna do the parlor room scene so the parlor room scene is its own thing at the back of the book where it just says okay begin how did this happen? And then you go, well, and you tell the story. And it goes, but what happened when this happened? And you go, well, and then you like, everybody's sort of like, or you go, uh. yeah. And the whole group is like in the room trying to like figure it out. And then yeah. at the end, it shows you all the answers and you score them and you score everywhere you've gone and you get a basically like a letter grade rating, about how you completed against the homes or if you beat homes, which we've never done. We got close. We got like a B, like an 85 once. Oh, nice. Um, the thing that's great about it is that there's no mechanics. It's all just like narrative problem solving deduction. and deduction and choosing where to go and trying to be efficient but curious. It's this nice tension between like, oh, do we go see the guy? Is that even worth it? And you go on these – we went on a wild goose chase that was built there for us. You know, we went and talked to like an ambassador who told us about like his friend who told us about this bar. And every time we'd go, we'd get a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper. And we felt like we were getting close to an answer for this case until Adam was like, none of this matters because why would you kill a guy for that? <laughs> he said that. And we all like was sat there and went, yeah, you would just steal the thing. You wouldn't have to kill the guy, would you? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, we had we all this information it. and all these red lines. And it was like. <laughs> It was like a literally, it was a big Lebowski, she kidnapped herself moment. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, so the game is really great. And the thing I love about it, and we were, you and I were talking about it, is that you, we talk a lot about games that are all mechanic, no theme, or the theme's really light. And then the interplay of the mechanics tell a story about like world economy or like survival or whatever. And those games are great and they don't feel the need to like shoehorn in a bunch of like handwritten narrative. What's great about this game is it just says, fuck mechanic, all theme, and the theme's really good and really, really thought out. Except that your story still comes out of the actual decisions you're making, right. not the pre-written story. Like, they but give the, you premise, and they, like, mm -hmm. but part of your story is that you guys, like, realized halfway through this wild goose chase that you've got your heads up your asses. Right. And, like, <laughs> that is not prescribed. And you can play as a group. You can play, like, competitively. Well, like, I'm not going to go there sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's not fun to do that because we bought, you know, a case of beer. And in between moves, we would take, like, 30 minutes. And Adam would be like, well, look, what if when Cannon came out of the back door, he saw this guy, but he didn't know who that guy was. So he turned to his left, which would explain why this happened, right? And you would do that if that guy was this guy who we talked to a minute ago. And, like, you let your friend just talk for oh, 10 yeah. minutes and you're like, 
No, but here's the problem with that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, and you do, like, we would take 20 so or 30 minutes in between. the actual parlor room. Yeah, that like, yeah. amazing. We would take 20 or 30 minutes in between turns and it's not boring. Yeah. Yeah. If you care, you know, like, yeah. we were, it, it was yeah. just like. That's awesome. I really want to play it's this. It's so fun. And it's like, you, all you need is the note. All you need is like one of the, like, you could, you know, throw the map, the phone book and one of the case books in your backpack and go play it anywhere. Yeah. Like, you don't need. Like flat like surface, you don't need You can go to a pub. Yeah, you know exactly right. Actually, playing that in a pub would be really. It'd be ideal. dangerous because, like, oh. oh god, Ollie and I. So one time, sorry, <laughs> this is I'm done talking about this after this. So when Ollie's in town, we like to go out. <laughs> it's just we go out drinking it's a good more than we should, <laughs> and we came home fucking annihilated one night. <laughs> and Ollie like gives me this look, and he's like. Do you play? He's like, do you want to catch a criminal? And I was like, the game's afoot. <laughs> we go into like my all my living room and we sit down and we're just two drunks being like, what was that guy's name? Let's go to his house. And then like we go to his house and she's like, he's dead. It's like, oh wait, no, he was not the guy. <laughs> like it's like it was the worst. We woke up the next day and you don't want to like spoil this content because like once you get through all ten cases, you're done with the game. Yeah. Right. yeah. And we had to like it was nice because we couldn't remember anything. We had to replay it. But uh, <laughs> that's you, how to play the game. You, playing in a bar is a little dangerous. All I'm trying to say. I oh, wonder yeah. if yeah. I wonder if this. I mean, obviously these things are these are always hit, very hit and miss. But I wonder if the community for this game is strong enough for people to fans to create their own like cases. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Right? The is that, like, yeah. I think the game was limited run, which is shitty. It's one of those board so games. So they're probably now. not going to publish That's, more content for it. I think they. Well, I think they just need to make more of them. First off, because the game mm. has like a big following now. Oh really? Even though it's limited yeah. run. Well, um, I don't. It was accidental limited run. A lot oh. of way the, lo, the way a lot of Z-Man stuff is, where they like underprint, mm-hmm. and then there's just this like burning yeah, desire yeah, yeah. and three hundred dollars yeah. on eBay for a long time. Right. But I know the guys that shut up and sit down really liked it, and that created a nice little buzz around the game. Yeah. Um. But. It doesn't seem like I've played some of like the Mansions of Madness stuff or like the Fantasy Flight stuff where you can build an expansion for it with just like 20 cards and a premise and some other shit. Like it's expansions can be pretty like Mm -hmm. lightweight. Sure. It's a these have to be so hard to write because each casebook has a couple pages of premise, Mm -hmm. but then like 25 pages of like um, Mm, actual content. Yeah. Of like, uh, Arabian Nights, or Thousand and One Nights. Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights, though, is just like totally isolated, like little runs of events. They're right. not like they're not incredibly complex interwoven yeah. webs. I mean, they mm-hmm. they're related sort of, but like you can experience them in any order, and it makes no difference. I would love to talk to. I think the guys who made it were French because it was translated. The Holmes game. Yeah. yeah. Um. I would love to talk to a designer in this game of what it's like to try to write one of these things. Yeah, but it's a fascinating because I bet it's process. fucking hard. Yeah. But maybe they have a way of getting about it. They start with the original home story and they can kind of like break it down from there. But it seems ripe for like I really hope there's more content for right. it. I'm only two stories in though, so like I have or three, three. three. I'm, I'm I've done three of them. This. So like I, yeah. I slowing yeah, yeah, down yeah. because I want to play right, with you but guys. You have a bunch more left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. awesome. I that's really fucking cool. Want to try yeah. this? Yeah, but I think I can't remember. Ollie bought it for me in the UK, but I think you can get it on Amazon. Okay. You yeah. can get it on Amazon, but there's only a few and they're like a hundred bucks. I just looked. Oh no, it's oh. one of those. It's because there there are no Scarcity. there's no new stock left. It's all we better order resellers. one before the people listening to this order those things. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, it'll be gone. Yeah, Tonight. for sure. <laughs> Idle thumbs readers. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> You're thinking about it. You can use the Idle Thumbs card. That happened with us with Vine Hans years ago. Oh, remember? I that? remember, yeah. We talked about it and then suddenly they all w- disappeared off Amazon. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, now I think it's been reprinted since then. Sure. It's not yeah. a deal, but that's yeah. good. 
So that was Sherlock Holmes consulting detectives. Nice. We're so good at this podcasting thing. So a thing I have to talk about because I said I was going to talk about it last week and then we just got swept up and talking about other things so I didn't is Desert Golfing. Oh, yes. Um, which is a mobile game. It's on iOS and Android. And uh, Wait, are you serious? What do you mean am I serious? You've talked about Desert Golfing at length on this podcast. Yeah, I know. And then last oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I People came have been asking I talked about it like more. two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Right. And then last week I was like I just deleted Desert Golfing. I'll tell you I'll I'll tell you why later. Because oh, okay, we're in the middle okay. of something. And then I got all these tweets over the last week that were like, what the fuck? I'm on my fucking edge of my seat here. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like it's I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you were gonna start here. from over what Desert Golfing was from the no, 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 like, no, 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 no. Am I living in a twilight zone of Desert Golf? <laughs> we will always talk about Desert <laughs> yeah. Golf. That game where you can rewind time. Uh, so desert golfing, the game just, where you just, can't rewind time. <laughs> life, <laughs> no desert golfing. Like that is true. It is a game where you absolutely cannot rewind time. It's a perma life game. Yeah. So I had I had played. God. So after last the time I talked about it before, um, the first the you know the previous time I talked about desert golfing, um, which is this very simple two D golf game with a golf swing mechanic, where you drag back and then release to to set the power and angle of your of your swing. Um, I, you know, played it to a thousand holes twice, I think is where I was at that point. And then I deleted the game. Um, and at the time I think I was somewhere in the like roughly top 10 world leaderboards of it. I think I was at maybe like eight or nine and Jonathan Blow was like one notch above me on the, on the global leaderboard, which was a common, like I was he and I were commonly informed of this fact on Twitter <laughs> because people would get to the thousand pole, see the leaderboard and then see us there and then comment about Tweet it. You, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, as just happens in any game with the leaderboard over time, you get pushed out if you don't keep improving. So, you know, then I was down out of the top 10 for a while. And then uh, I saw Mike's Mike Watson's tweet, which like end capped, the episode two weeks ago, I think, of me seeing his thing and seeing this, like, purple fucking world. And he's like, anyway, I'm on hole, like, 2,168. The world is pink. I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is this game? Like, I had played, you know, like, several hours of it. And he takes a screenshot of a thing that just looks like it's from a, from Venus. And I'm like, what? What is this shit? So I, I re-downloaded it. I played all the way through the thousand hold again. Kept going. I got to like hole 3,500 or something and it just keeps going. And at a certain point in the game, the background color, the whole color of the game, it's like a three color game and the colors start very, very slowly cycling level by level so gradually that you absolutely cannot perceive the difference from level to level. But I suddenly realized when I was at hole like 2,300 or something, I was playing in this like lilac world and I'm like, holy sh- – or no, green. It was green. Oh, um, wow. And I'm like, holy shit. It's just been slowly changing this whole time and I didn't even notice. And then it goes into like blue and purple and red and then all the way back to the original color once you're in the like 3, 000, late 3000s somewhere. And it occurred to me that this game was is a really fascinating example of a particular kind of bizarre artistic expression that is essentially only possible in a video game. Which is to hide incredibly tiny, incredibly minor bits of intentionality in 
just to just bury them, to just bury them so deep that you could never possibly like if you were trying to tell someone about this game, you would have to get so far in to get to that point because you would never say to someone, oh, download this crazy game where like the colors change. After you've been playing it for six hours and they change so slowly you can't even notice it and I don't know why they change and I don't think it means anything and eventually it goes back to the original. Like you couldn't – like that's not – because to get to that point, you have to play six hours of a golf game that has nothing to do with that. Yeah. And like, you know, 700 like – 700, 700 levels in, there's a cactus. Or what – you know, and you're like, that's the sole prop. <laughs> That's been in this game. There's that vase. There's a little vase that you can knock with your golf ball and knock it a little tiny bit at a time. And you're like, do I do something with it? Do I put it in the hole? Like I, I the that time that I played through my endurance time run, I, I just wasted like dozens of strokes slowly tapping this heavy vase to like roll across the level into a hole. And the, I mean, the game just keeps going. Like it doesn't like care that you did that. It just it pops out of the hole the same way the golf ball pops out of the hole, so you can keep playing the game. Like did nothing about the game changes. It just keeps operating. And I'm like, do I put it in another hole? Like if I do this enough, will the game care? Like is this just the uncaring universe with like a like a Joker God? Like I don't like what is what am I doing? Oh my God. Like I, for all I know, the designer of this game just put that there. Exactly, so I would have that reaction, and for no, maybe not though. Maybe it does something. I don't. I have no idea. Uh, there's like there's a little tiny face in one of the hills. Like Whoa. I don't know, a thousand levels in. Like the the it's it's fascinating. The only the only other medium I can imagine doing something like this in is like a video installation in a museum mm-hmm. where just some little thing changes on the screen after like three hours, except nobody would actually sit there for it. And if you do sit there for it, you know you're there to experience capital A art. You yeah. know what I mean? Where the yeah. artist is like making a statement right. of some kind. But this is not that. This is just a ga- like a really stripped down, very clean game. That just has incredibly covert, incredibly subtle, apparently meaningless touches in it. And it is it is just native to the video game form. I just cannot imagine another circumstance where this could be executed the same way with this kind of effect. You know, this kind of artistic choice could... And when I say artistic choice, I I don't know if it even is that. It's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what it's supposed to mean. It's probably supposed to mean the, this. It's probably supposed to just trigger me being crazy about it and trying to figure out what it means. It makes you want to keep playing. I, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, past yeah. a point, once you once you're like 3,500 holes in. But who knows what's at the five thousandth hole, Chris? <laughs> I know. Well, I so I didn't get that far. I, I couldn't deal with it, so I deleted <laughs> it. Then it started nagging at me more, and I'm oh, like, no. you know, because so I'm like, you know what? I bet I could average under par two for the whole so the game um cuts like puts you on the leaderboard at hole 1000 right so like if you got a hole in one every single like theoretically the perfect score would be a thousand i mean no no one is has done that obviously it would be incredibly impressive um it would be technically well i don't actually might not be possible i don't think it would be possible because i think there are some levels where that actually there actually would be possible most levels it's possible technically in any case, I'm like, I bet I could average under two per hole. So I recently 
downloaded, went all the way through it again and totally fucking did it, um, which put me back into the top 10. Um, and I was so, and then, and then after that, I had this like rash of downloading it and deleting it like eight times in a row being like, all right, I can, I can improve on that. Like never spending more than one stroke unless it's absolutely necessary. And then I realized I was just actually going insane and I deleted it and I have not redownloaded it since then. So, uh, so this game is a virus. Yeah. This this game is like a brain virus for people like me, I guess. (sighs) That's fascinating. I want, have you guys seen the the Shining documentary, like Room Two Thirty Seven or whatever it's called? Room Bits. Yeah, because yeah. I want someone to just make that about this game. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, that, just interview the top fifteen people on the leaderboard, basically. Yeah, right, exactly. What is what is the meaning? Because some desert people golfing? feel like it's a good golf game, right? Exactly. But then yeah. everyone else is just like basically saying what all the stuff you mean? were just saying. Yeah. 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 Who made this game? Um. Justin, someone I think I forget his name, but he's the guy who made Enviro Bear 2000. And he oh, made, yeah, okay. he made a summer sports simulator or whatever that game oh, is. Oh, he oh did? my god, I forgot about that. Fucking summer sports. Is that simulator. what it was called? Yeah, it was, I think it was. It called had that. more words in it than that name, but that was we played that during the Out of Thumbs Progress casts during the Kickstarter. Yeah, we were yeah, obsessed yeah. with that game briefly. <sighs> Excellent. Oh, yeah, that game is awesome. Yeah, that's, we've talked about it on the podcast. Year, I mean, years ago, yes. Realistic summer sports simulator, Justin Smith. Yeah, we talked about it, and we talked about it on like the second or third progress cast, which are not available unless you back the Kickstarter. I want to talk he, to him. He goes by Captain Games, Captain Games dot com. I re- I really oh. want to have a conversation with this person, and and I want to know. I haven't seen. Things. I don't think I've ever seen an interview with him. I'm sure he's. I'm sure there are some, but I um, I kind of like his games being, especially desert golfing, just being enigmatic, see, feeling like they come from nowhere. Like he's on Twitter and I don't follow him because it's more interesting for me this way. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? The like, game goes even deeper. Not, yeah, yeah. not because alive. I have anything against him or I think he's like – not because I don't think he'd be an interesting person to follow. But because it's desert golfing just as the like 2001 monolith in my life is just way more fascinating <laughs> than if I just saw the guy who made it talking about his breakfast or whatever. Yeah. Wow. He, I don't even – he probably doesn't talk about his breakfast. But if he did, what would it mean? He does, but it's a different color every day. Like he eats like eggs. <laughs> He's been one taking day, photographs of his the... breakfast every day for four years, and, and three and a half years in, you realized little... the pattern. Yeah, <laughs> just a little tiny bit. But then he eventually just got back around to his first breakfast yeah. and didn't say anything about it and just sort of kept living his life. <laughs> and when someone asked him, he said, "Oh, what? I just, I just, I just, just like Fruit Loops. Seems good. Huh? <laughs> I think Fruit Loops are good. Uh, I think Fruit Loops. Fr- the Fruit Loops have to be like thousands of God, days I love in Fruit Loops." I haven't had Fruit Loops in decades. Oh my goodness! Fruit Loops and Counter Strike, Chris. I just got an amazing hole in one in desert golfing because I've. Been well, you've been playing it. desert golfing this whole time. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was getting a really satisfying hole in one in desert golfing is fantastic. Where the ball just leaps across your entire yeah. screen. And also, goes, I had one of those horrible <sighs> moments today where games infected my life because I was I woke up this morning and I like took off my t shirt to throw it in my like laundry. Did you get a hole in one and get stoked? I did, and I yes. realized that as I as it like left my hand, I realized, oh my god, like I'm desert golfing, and I threw it to like specifically bank off the door to just like slow momentum and have it curve around and fall into the thing, which it did, which is exactly how you have to play desert golfing because because of the sand physics, because of the sand physics, and because it's really easy to undershoot or overshoot because it's a golf game with a golf swing, so you start to get really good at being like, oh, I see. 
a wall past the hole that I can bank it off of. And like most of my hole in ones are by sort of like mentally, you have a bit more leeway when you bank off of something than if you try to just get a smooth, direct swoosh, right. you know, arc Nothing in the hole in one. Like that's yeah. really risky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to get those, you want to get all those banks. And I realized this morning I had the, like the moment that I've had with like GTA or Katamari in years past of just the very subtle infection of my mind where it just flows out of my body unintentionally. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. I can't download this game. <laughs> I know. I, absolutely... You have enough. You're you you want to get a counter strike now. Basically, you were Yeah. You were just like a drug dealer. Like just <laughs> telling me all the fucking right. cool things about this thing. Well, because it's such a it's like, such an interesting overlap awesome of things about we, mouth salts of is, things we sometimes like, talk oh, about. God. Yeah. Because the game is purely mechanical, which is one thing we talk about on the show, right? It's like interesting situations that come out of just purely mechanical expression. But then also all of these clearly very deliberate creative choices he made in just the most really subtle Also for method. what fucking reason? Yeah, for what purpose? I don't know. The whole thing's fascinating. So I just wanted to make sure I got that whole monologue, in, that soliloquy on desert golfing in. Because um, it's fascinating. I, I don't know if I still have time to talk about um, Defense Grid 2. I guess I can maybe talk about that next week. We have mail from you, the readers? Um, I'm sure we do. I'm certain we do. I also played The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, but I can definitely hold that off. Oh yeah, we should talk about that next, for next week. Next week. Yeah, we can we can we can do Vanishing of Ethan Carter and Mordor Town. Oh yeah. They'll go beautifully. They'll complement one another, hmm. I feel like. I do kind of want to hear a little bit about Defense Grid too. I don't know if it's too much of a thing to bite off. We can do it we can do it next week. Next week we have a trifecta of Defense Grid, Shadow of Mordor. And the vanishing of Ethan Carter. Yep. Plus, probably Counter Strike. Yes. I'm also, just, Counter Strike. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Counter Strike today. All these games. All these games. Um. So, Kai Wingfield writes. Hi, Kai. Hey, thumbs. I've recently been thinking about how much the language of film has become part of the way we talk and think about things. On the podcast, you'll sometimes preface something by saying "cut to" or "camera pulls back to reveal" to convey a certain specific meaning or connotation in the way a film might. In a recent episode, Jake even started speaking in slow motion and then said, the camera flies through the rifling of your eye to describe a feeling of sudden realization. <laughs> I find this fascinating and hilarious. These images are evocative, and I think it's a testament to the maturity of film that tropes and cinematic technique can be referenced in a standalone way to communicate specific things in another context. I was wondering if you think there's a video game equivalent. Do you think there are any equivalent pieces of video game vernacular which you have used to similar effect reference to borrow their specific meaning in another medium? Do you have any game tropes internalized to the degree that they affect you? How you think about non-game things? Love the show, Kai. Like sometimes you really... say, like I feel like I'm having a double XP weekend. <laughs> I just couldn't say that. Fuck you! Oh my god! I, I hate you I saw... so much. We're done being friends. I literally was like piecing it all together, and I was like, "Oh, this is, this is what I'm going to say exactly." It's my last sentence. Oh. Oh, I saw the glint and I was like, I hope this isn't also a double XP weekend glint and Sean's got another one. Oh, <laughs> no. no. Uh, but that's the thing, right? It's like you only make those. That's a fucking We generally thing do about that. Games. Like, oh, be, reload, man. Funny. Yeah, it's exactly. only for, it's only for extra comedic effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Although I will, I will say, though, that I do think this is less universal than he's suggesting because I think you two, Jake and Sean, specifically talk this way more than most people I know because you had film educations, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't in, know. Just, in it's college. funny to me to like. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying like two, you two specifically cut. do that a lot. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily. I also, like it's why universal. My screenplays tra- are also trait. like actually like disgusting in that sense. Like William Goldman does that, and I picked it up in college where he like transitions between every 
Actually, Shane Black does it too. Now that I think about screenwriters, I think transitions between every scene with like a cut to, like you know whatever <sighs> wipe to like then colon right. and they're always like right aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a thing. Like most like Final Cut will just do it for you, but. So my brain always thinks about that as like right, right. selling the next moment. Yeah. And it's very much like a screenwriters of the nineties, mm, po- po- like a diehard era on yeah. like, and then, and right. then, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just, a, it's a way to sell a moment as a joke. But I think I only ever perceive things, uh, framed as some sort of construction or analogy that relates to another thing. Which is that unfortunate. Is true. I mean, that's, that's that too is bad. Jake's brain, yes, too bad. Definitely. I mean, I'm thinking. I'm just... like that episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where they meet the aliens that can only speak in analogies. Oh yeah. <laughs> what? Darmok. Oh my in... god. What, is that, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's Darmok. Oh, it's... It, that was literal. It's they the season five, literally... episode oh. yeah, one. He said he is oh, analogous it, it is to season a show five, episode about one. Oh my god. It's called Darmok, yeah, and he was just lapping it up <laughs> as he said that, and everybody just. Ian Bagos wrote a really good article about that stuff. Oh, it's yes. There okay. You go. I know. Why is not this Star Trek: The Next Generation reference familiar to me? Oh, Ian Bagos wrote about it in the Atlantic. Yes, that is why there I know what go. it is. Chris Ramo. I haven't seen this episode. I did recently watch the. Uh, we the jump in a nineties only tracks? episode. Only episode I've seen of Deep Space Nine now, as of last week, which you is the, the one with the triples, the triples. triples in it. Yeah, that was that was cool. I like the. That. I believe it's Trials and Tribulations. It is that. Yes. Yes. There we go. What season? Five. Probably five, I think. You just landed that Markalar episode, or whatever it is. I'm uh, Darmok. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm a dork. It's good. <laughs> speaking, I was gonna speaking say, of which, oh, go ahead. Oh no, you were gonna no, say something. Probably this is the next email. So, oh, okay, so, okay. Oh, I was just speaking gonna say of you being a dork. Speaking of being speaking a dork, about. when I, if I've been video editing for like more than ten hours, I definitely think of things in terms of scrubbing, like reality, in terms of like scrubbing through the right, timeline, right, and like yeah, I yeah. really would like to reverse that, and like it's weird. Ripple edit that. I've I've been driving <laughs> before and actually like really wanted to go in reverse and like oh actually like That's physically bad. scrub yeah. the, the timeline basically. <laughs> Cool. As I was plowing into the car weird. in front of me, I thought, I really wish I could scrub this back. It's like, yeah, yeah. I wish you could nice rewind just... time. <laughs> and what if I could get that hit right on the music cue right there? Like, oh, come on. We can we can do this crash again. Yeah. It's good. So speaking of you being a dork. Yeah. Um, our friend David Huang writes, really hey, Thumbs, quick Hi, question for Danielle. On the cast with Anita, they both mentioned they're big fans of Farscape. Danielle told Anita she'd give her a skip list, which she then posted on Twitter and the Idol forums. I noticed Danielle didn't mention the Peacekeeper Wars miniseries that concluded the story after the show went off the air. I don't know if that omission means she rec- she doesn't recommend watching it or that she simply forgot. As a Farscape fan myself, I was wondering what your thoughts on it were. As always, keep up the great work. David, a.k.a. Season- C- Secret Asian Man. P.S. Tell Danielle I have not forgotten that she hasn't received a box of candy from yours truly yet. I'm a little short on funds at the moment, but I swear a big box of Junior Mints will arrive eventually. Oh, that's that's really delightful. I'm gonna yeah. eat them all. We've oh. got we've received yeah. plenty <laughs> of candy from David before. You can eat some of them. Just just freeze the rest for me. We'll freeze all of them. There's yeah, so much better in the so freezer. Good for them. So peacekeeper wars. This is this is a thing. I'm gonna admit it right now, right here and right now. You haven't seen it. I haven't seen it because I was actually so. So Farscape is my favorite piece of entertainment ever in in the universe. And I didn't watch huh. it. Did you want to stay pure on this? No, no, no. Not that I want to stay pure. It was because it came out about a year and a half after the show ended. And I was sort of like in the middle of college and didn't have the time to really go through the entire series and watch it again. Which I, I'm saying this now, obviously I have a 20th of the time that I had in college. But at the time I perceived having less sure. time. Long story short, 
I was going to watch it again because Anita and I have been watching through the series again. And so I was going to watch it for the first time on this watching of the series. And I've watched through Farscape like eight or nine times. So this is not, you know. <laughs> sure. I, I know it, you know, not entirely by heart, but I know most episodes where they fall. I know all the arcs. I know most of the lines of most of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So I slowly this blended. I know a lot of the thematic arcs with I know most of the lines. I know. I do. As if that's the same thing. It's actually, uh, yeah. Somebody who can tell you the arcs of A Tale of Two Cities versus someone who can recite for you A Tale of Two Cities are two different brains. Di- different people. That's true. One you is, know. Yeah. Yeah, I just try to make myself sound slightly less insane, but there's no point, so it's fine. Um, so, yeah, I don't have thoughts on it yet. I Obviously, I think a person watching it the first time should probably give it a shot. I've heard nothing but good things, and I know what happens in it. I've been spoiled on it. I just haven't actually sat down and watched it because it was so heartbreaking to me that the series ended. Hmm. Here's another question for you. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Jemmel writes, Exactly. Hey, Thumbs, Danielle, could you say exactly both with and without the Rhode Island accent? I notice you put a stress on the T, and I can't figure out if that's overcompensation from a New England accent involving dropping T's or if it's part of the Rhode Island that's carrying through. I'm Canadian, Winnipeg specifically, and we mostly say it exactly or exactly with little or no presence of the T sound. Accents are fascinating, don't you think? (laughs) He's completely right. I do that on purpose. When, I, when I'm trying wow. to speak the way I speak now, I try to over-enunciate things like T's and G's at the end of, like, inning or outing or whatever. Like, yeah. I-N-G sounds, you know, mm-hmm. I try to over-enunciate. Because otherwise it's up. I, you went out for your in and you went out for your out and it's exactly right. <laughs> running. It's exactly right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's oh, wow. how it sounds. You yeah. said exactly in there and then I didn't hear it till afterwards. Yeah, it's exactly hunting. right. I had to go hunting for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So... When huh. I speak, when I'm doing this, when I sort of faking my yeah. my over enunciation, I try to say exactly. You know what the word you say that I find most fascinating is you say human being, which is how Terry Gross and Carl Sagan say oh, it. Oh, really? Yes. Human. Wow. Two of my favorite speaking voices in the world, Carl Sagan and Terry Gross. Oh, so, I'm in esteemed company here. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. The it, three of you on an island would be so delightful. <laughs> Terry Gross, Carl Sagan, and Danielle and just me. talking. And it was being I would polite be happy all the time. You yeah. know? Just like, being nice oh, yeah. to each other, a coconut yeah. or whatever, just we'll surviving just, together. We'll, we'll have equal portions of our coconut. Yeah, yeah. really just nice. Being incredibly well read. Yeah. Oh, that's I would do it. That sounds nice. You know, Carl Sagan would probably totally Sagan's, bro out about yeah. Farscape with you. He totally would. <laughs> probably God, he, he would totally actually would. probably be like, I have nothing to do. You know Please tell really me the, every line of dialogue. Terry Gross is super into Farscape. Totally is. I, I could act is. out the entirety of Farscape. He has one of those weird things. I bet it. Mm, maybe. Probably not that. I'm just guessing. When you're stuck on an island, years of with Danielle, though, you bet you're going to just hear the entire. I'm going to do a one woman show. One woman show. I play every character with every accent. It's very special. By the way, I I streamed The Vanishing of Ethan Carter the other day in, entirely in my New England accent oh, for what? two hours. My God, I hope that was premium content. Oh, I, I hope, hope, hope there was, was a fucking paywall. <laughs> it just delights me how much people are delighted by it. That's how I talked my whole life. So yeah. I love it. It's weird to people <laughs> to like it. You know, um, Matt wants to also just pay you a compliment. He says, excellent work as always. Danielle's a fantastic addition. Um, she was always an awesome guest, and being permanent really adds to every episode. Um, and having Anita join in 176 was a real tweet, a treat. A wheel, a wheel, <laughs> a wheel, a wheel. <laughs> it's because he then says, I've only seen her Twitter, oh, and okay. in her videos, while they showcase her intelligence, 
hearing her on the show showed she's also really funny. It was uh, awesome seeing and hearing that side of her. Thanks, Matt from Winnipeg. P.S. Don't play a drinking game where you drink every time Chris gets sidetracked on his way to the end of a thought. Mm. I was just doing a quick count during one segment last week, and I think I would have had to drink 10 or more shots in as many minutes when you were talking about Doom-style games. I'm sorry. Accurate. Thank yeah. you for the compliment, and Anita is a Sorry about the person. alcohol poisoning. Sorry for sorry for your death. That was a definite sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if you have to drink so much when I speak. <laughs> That's the most passive-aggressive, like, mom thing. I'm sorry that you have to drink so much because I speak. (laughs) Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, no. It totally is. Coming up. (laughs) Your sister just looks at you. Yep. Gives you the reproving look. look. Yeah. (laughs) So good. Wow, these are really good reader emails. Are we out? I'm going to close this on a dream. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. I'm drunk from playing my own drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nate, oh, I thought his name was Nate Alien. It's Nate Allen. Nate Allen writes. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> Next email. Bummer. <laughs> I haven't read this, so it might be bad. Uh, Nate from Kansas City here wanted to How share with you a dream I had. Chris, Jake, and Sean were invited as special guests to a public Taco Bell tasting. Perfect. <laughs> they were put up on an outdoor stage at some kind of festival. Perfect. Taco Bell representatives were bringing them various dishes to try. Okay. Nobody dishes. looked like dishes to try. <laughs> very char- very <laughs> right charitable. Dishes. Nobody looked like they do in real life. Sean oh. looked like a bearded Philip Seymour Hoffman. Accurate. Jake had long blonde hair. Okay. And this is a dream. For Fact. That, for that reason, Chris and the Taco Bell reps thought he would like the bean burrito. <laughs> when, <laughs> when the tasting event concluded, we all went to Ollie's house for the after party. Naturally. At this point, I lost them. The next morning, I discovered a movie poster for the Idle Thumbs remake of Eddie Murphy's Golden Child. (gasps) One of my favorite fucking movies of all time. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, sorry. Wow. Really weird. I love that movie. Sorry. I can only assume the Thumbs crew snuck off in the night before to film it. Keep casting great pods, and I wait the release of Idle Thumbs Golden Child. Oh my God. I've never even seen that. Danielle movie. did oh, not feature in this dream. I mean, Fortunately, it's not, I know, it's not a good Eddie Murphy movie, but it's just I watched it. It was a movie, one of those movies. It was like on HBO. My parents had HBO in the early nineties. It yeah. has been so long since I had a grilled stuffed burrito. You know when it was? <sighs> Sorry, we, what, I don't know what, what, what was. Well, well, no, so when Jake, uh, <laughs> when Jake and I were working at Telltale, and we're roommates, and and we're going to lunch together every single day, and we're basically married, like <laughs> oh. we would go to Taco Bell because it was like easy tw- twice a week or for dinner. And we would just like. So you think this guy the fucking like log of game development? No, you're talking about last time I had it. He's just talking about when brain? I had a girl stuff burrito. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think I had one at that time though. I was really absolutely into them. they did. Absolutely I I, I don't did. think I ate a lot of them then though. I was really into them in college because they were new. Oh, right. There's a big sign outside the Taco Bell on my street. I saw a PT Cruiser yesterday. I Weird. swear to God, a powder blue PT Cruiser with the Where customized license plate Chalupa. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh. And the inner Richmond in San Francisco. I hope you checked the year just reflexively. Oh. <laughs> I just, what's funny is I wanted to take a photograph of it. He looked for a newspaper. Was like, oh, it's 2014. There isn't one. There. I wanted to take a photograph of it. And I just went, no. Wow. This is just going to come with me. Yeah. This is just going to come right with me. Oh, To this podcast. Throughout life. It was a dream. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, like... Chalupa. Theater Richmond has the best weird cars. Yes. Because they have like three. Because people have cars there. That's why. But it's like, that's where you find like they've got like the 
the triple length. Well, it's not just Mercedes and BMWs. White, right. white 80s limousines. Real people live there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's the big limousines. There's those the huge, like the boomerang. There's that one back. that that giant parking spot underneath that. Yeah, that, uh, it looks like it has a hot tub in the back, probably. Like, it's got that raised, squared <laughs> off back. Yeah. It's got- There's a 1980s or 70s hot tub limousine that fits literally in a perfect, like, made-for-it parking it's spot. It's like an eight-car tandem parking oh spot. In, in, an old, in a really old, underneath an old, shitty 60s Yeah, that car's just there all the time. Clement. But then I saw another... It's like, like a like, glove. <laughs> but like they, they built the apartment around it. Yeah, it does they look like that. Did. The other yeah. day I saw three 1960s DeSotos. Like, I just saw three what? Sam and Max oh cars all just parked in various states of disrepair in this guy's, like, driveway. I was like, what why are these here? And that Chalupa car. And that oh Chalupa car. So that's got all of them. <laughs> oh, car sightseeing. The last great neighborhood in San Francisco. Yep. Don't move there. It sucks. It's foggy and shitty. It's just full of hot tub limos and Chalupas. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Taco Bell out there. There is. There's only there is. two Taco Bells like in the city. Taco there's the Bells, one in the yeah. Richmond. There's the one at uh, old KFC Heights over yep. there. Yep. yep. Oh. They are both KFC Taco Bell hybrids, though, which is the inferior Taco Bell. Mm. Because it has a KFC You ever go to that it. fancy Taco Bell on... on, uh, on PCH. There's a fancy Taco Bell. There's a PCH Taco Bell that's built to look look nice against the ocean down like on your way. Oh yeah, yeah. That was actually I think the first place that my parents ever actually allowed me to go to a Taco Bell and eat food (laughs) because it was nice. (laughs) No, because we were just like on some multi-family trip to that beach, and like oh. I go there on my motorcycle. If my, if my son's going to a Taco Bell, he's going to the best. It's going to be that nice big wood one out by the beach. <laughs> they, you so know, I your go family to, so, wanted the best for you. I have this theory. <laughs> only the best Taco Bell. I go to Taco Bells and I go on motorcycle trips oftentimes because I have this theory. Jake is still playing desert golfing, by the way. Yeah. It's fine. He's yeah. present mentally. Oh, it's fine. I have this <laughs> theory that Taco Bell bean burritos like will not like go bad like it's actually like impossible <laughs> that is not true at they're all not real food i said it was a theory no but it does seem like they just dry out and don't mold yeah like no. you, you it's not you're not gonna get sick that it might not it might, i mean it too, might not yeah. taste you know what i mean i just actually believe I it. You said if I got taste. so what i do is like if i'll go there and when i'm on a motorcycle trip and i'll buy i'll eat at taco bell because it's like it's it's why would you and, not? Yeah. but i get like three of those bean burritos and then i just put them either like in pockets or whatever space i have on my bike so yeah, really your armpits you know done. whatever in my helmet warm. you know yeah. just like <laughs> and uh bean and i'll just eat hair. them throughout the day yeah like i'll eat them while it's in seven hours in my pocket sure. and i'm like whatever it's probably fine it's marginally different. Like it's. I think we've. Ta- I think we've I know I won't get this, sick. Though. Like Taco Bell for seven hours, that passes the sleepover rule. Like sleepover pizza rule. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think we've talked about this, but yeah. Okay, sleepover pizza rule. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Was you just don't have to put it in the fridge. You can just be there. Right, but yeah. it's if you fall asleep and take your eyes off it while you sleep and wake up, it looks gross and you throw it away. If you're up all night, you eat the pizza in the you morning just keep for sure. It. Just yeah. keep eating. Oh, I see. It's kind of true. Yeah. yeah, but like if that Taco Bell burrito is just in your pocket that whole time, it's fine. But if you put that coat like on a coat rack for an hour, then put it back on, you'd be like, oh, gross. I don't know. If I found that, it's sort of, and I'm hungry. That's what you'd be like. Oh, free taco. Yeah. Free <laughs> like it's a burrito. It's like finding a twenty in my pocket, except it's like finding seventy nine cents in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> except it's actually worthless. <laughs> <laughs> It's worth like seventy nine cents. It's probably worth like a dollar twenty now. They're dollar nineteen now. Those depreciate very. (laughs) 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 The resale value on that bean burrito value on that bean burrito quite low. I've recently been just selling every single Steam card that pops up in my Steam account. Yeah, and I have like 87 cents now. It yeah. took me like... <laughs> You're getting close to a burrito. Yeah, I was going to say, 
say the same thing. To a oh what? A burrito. <laughs> you can buy uh, can one. Can I cash this out? Alternatively, can you mail me a Taco Bell gift card for this Alternatively, value? can you just mail me a burrito? It will it'll be fine. It'll still be good. We've confirmed yeah. that it'll be fine. Uh, you may withdraw my Steam credits. <laughs> Well, you can get two. Like the airline uh, frequent flyer thing where you can order, like, good housekeeping magazine with your leftover frequent flyer points. Just send me fucking burritos. (laughs) Yep. Only. Subscription to Taco Bell burritos. Where's that? Taco Bell. Where's that sponsorship? Yeah. Taco Bell, call us. There's totally Yum brands. Come on. Come on. Are they yum brands? It's yum brands. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. All yeah. right, this podcast is over, right? This is way over. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. it, it is now. Um, we have on our store, We um, one thing we should point out, we have we recently, I think today or yesterday, sold our very last men's size of the Idle Vice t-shirt design, the pink and blue and white awesome Idle Thumbs shirt. You guys shirt. really liked that shirt. Yeah, we still have a few women's sizes left. We have, so all, we have all women's sizes left. Not many of them, though. No, almost, not many. So we, we do gone, have, uh, like, I think we have... Small we have a to couple, 2XL left. And yeah. they're in a women's cut, and they're really nice. I'm really proud of the shirt. Like, so, it's, like, it's not like a unisex it up to say that we're, we're down to our last couple per size. So if you are uh, a lady who would like that shirt, get on that fast. Um, and we still have some of those uh, records left, the uh, Music of Thumbs. Very overstock. Few. Also, yeah, while you're there, we only talked about this once, but we did a second shirt poll, and the Wizard shirt one easily and that shirt is in the store and has been there for a little bit so oh yeah if you want nice. a sort of really dark purple to navy shirt yeah, with midnight like, navies with, like, with like yeah neon green uh, a neon green logo that says idle thumbs and kind of looks like the logo to that movie and those we have men and women mm. left. yeah we yeah. have all sizes in those mm-hmm. and they're printed on alternative apparel and they're real it's probably like comfort wise my favorite shirt we have i wear it a lot it's really 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 nice we're really happy with the way they turned out anyway that's store.idlethumbs.net Yep. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, but really, oh. before we go, I would like to thank Hover for sponsoring this episode of Idle Thumbs. Yeah, me too. You can go to Hover.com and use the promo code CHRIS for 10% off domain name registrations. And right now, they have slashed prices on all domains. It's, 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 it's big price reductions across almost all of their top-level domains. Uh, the new weird ones like .guru and .christmas and your old favorites like .com. <laughs> Excellent. Classic, classic TLD. Classic.com. Yeah. Classic.com. Register. Uh, you can't register that. Uh, classic.com. You could. You totally could. If it was up, it'd be expensive. But you could classic. try to get it. Classic.com. Classic. Classic. Com. <laughs> more likely to be available. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> lobby, lobby, for, lobby for the dot classic TLD. <laughs> yeah. Classic. <laughs>